Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 352 on Now You Know. Honestly, new buyers are in a sweet spot right now. Yeah, I mean, the lithium surplus is making EVs overall cheaper than ever. Lucky for you guys, because let's face it, that might be the only true deal we can find on the market this year. Yeah, energy prices, food prices, new car sticker prices, they're all through the roof. And even if you're making six figures nowadays, chances are there's nothing left over for savings after your expenses. And if you can put some money away, inflation is eating into it as we speak. It's hard to get by and even harder to get ahead. But there are always ways to try and get back what you should have had. And in the last year, the prices of one luxury asset appreciated on average 29% at auctions, according to Barron's. We're talking about contemporary art and now you can access it in minutes without needing millions of dollars thanks to masterworks so masterworks has sold over 45 million dollars worth of art and distributed the returns to their investors and get this each masterworks's exit to date has returned a profit to investors like you and there's one thing about them that we really like Every Masterworks member can speak with an actual person who will take time to explain the process and answer any questions. Then once you've invested, you get VIP access to high demand offerings from legends like Banksy. With over 700,000 plus users, Masterworks' offerings have sold out in minutes. They even had to make a wait list for new users. But since you guys have responded so well, we got special access for you to skip the line. So click the link in the description right now. So as you are watching this, Zach and I are most likely on a plane bound for Amsterdam because we'll be attending Micromobility Europe on Thursday and Friday. In fact, we'll also be in the rave ride. It looks to be a fun e-mobility ride through Amsterdam on Friday with an e-bike riding DJ Dom Whiting. I'm looking forward to that. So I hope if you'll be in the area that you'll come join us at the conference. But if you're not, we'd still like you to join us in making TTN 353 next week. We need you. This is the week that we've been telling you about for the past month. We need you starting right now to scour your news feeds for interesting stories about Tesla, EVs, renewable energy. We trust you, whatever interests you. Take a couple minutes, write up a story, maybe do it with a friend or a family member, and then record yourself. Either point the camera at yourself or whatever you find interesting. Send that video into us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. And that's it. Our editors will take it from there. You'll still see us on next week's show. We'll still be hosting and reporting from Amsterdam, but you will be doing a lot of the reporting. This is a first for us. It's been over six years, and I guess we finally realized, hey, we've got the best community on the planet, and we're going to be super busy, so why not let our viewers help make us a great show? So show us what you got. All right, on with today's show. So if you've been thinking about buying a Tesla Model 3 and you live in the U.S., you may want to listen up to this story. All Model 3 variants now qualify for the full $7,500 federal EV tax credit. Wait, I, I thought that just as of last week, we were saying that because the batteries were coming from China, that the Model 3 was only qualifying for half of the credit of uh, $3,750. That was true then. But now the Model 3 rear-wheel drive, long-range, and performance all qualify for the full tax credit. Okay, so what changed? My guess is that Tesla has started shipping the Chinese battery models to Canada, which is now offering a 5,000 Canadian federal EV credit. And that's because the Canadian government has no stipulation about where the battery packs or the materials in them come from. 
So Tesla's making all the battery packs in Fremont? I guess so, because remember, currently the rules state that at least 50% of the value of the battery components and at least 40% of the value of the critical minerals like nickel, graphite, and lithium have to be extracted and processed domestically or in one of the free trade countries. Okay, and now get this. If you live in Colorado, which just passed a $5,000 state EV tax credit, you could now get a Model 3 rear-wheel drive for just $27,740. Right. I mean, if you do the math, uh, $40,240, which is the starting price of the car, minus $5,000, minus $7,500, you get $27,740. That's insanely cheap. It really is. Yeah. It, hang on. Where, where are you going? We're recording the show. Oh, I'm going to Colorado. I'm going to move there and then I'm going to buy me a very cheap EV. I can see a lot of people would actually like if they had a family member in Colorado, that's where I'd get the car. Yeah. And again, I mean, last week we were talking about how they were going to lose half the credit. Right. And this week we're talking about how Tesla just switched some Isn't stuff around. Isn't that insane? It's I, insane. The, the fact that they can move things that quickly, whereas like I think b most of the big auto companies would have taken months, if not years to to do anything like this. Yeah. And I mean, this is awesome because it gives customers thousands of dollars of savings from federal incentives in both Canada and the US that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. And I mean, if they had done it the other way around, you know, moving the US made batteries to Canada, then we would have lost a whole bunch of incentives. Yeah. And if you needed an incentive to buy a Model S or X, Tesla has just updated the referral program. So you may remember that Tesla brought back their referral program for vehicle purchases about a month ago. And for a limited time now, if someone uses your Tesla referral code to buy an S or X, you will get 20,000 credits, credits up from 3,500 credits. And the buyer will get $1,000 off their purchase price and three months of free FSD beta. You can also use your own referral code to buy an S or X and get all of these perks. But this offer expires on June 30th. So... Remind me what 20,000 Tesla credits can get you. Uh, let's see. Uh, acceleration boost is 9,500 credits and enhanced autopilot is 55,000 credits. So you'd need to refer three S or X sales for that. The Cybertruck raffle is 500 credits. So you could enter that 40 times. Wow. Now, I see that a lot of people commenting that since Tesla still hasn't awarded prizes from the last referral program. Yeah, I mean, I think from what I'm reading, lots of folks seem kind of wary of some of these awards. Like for 240,000 credits, you can earn FSD. But of course, FSD doesn't really exist yet. So, I mean, would that be the beta and then upgrade it to the FSD right. when it comes? Yes. Okay. But I mean, that's a lot of credits. That's a lot of credits. Credits are no good out here. So Tesla posted a new video over the weekend of the Model S Plaid setting an official production lap time of 7 minutes and 25 seconds at the Nürburgring Nordschleife racetrack in Germany. So now the Model S Plaid is again the fastest electric car at Nürburgring. About 8 seconds faster than the Porsche Taycan Turbo. And it's also set the fastest time for an executive car, which means it could be either powered by gas or electric. So that means they beat the Mercedes AMG GT 63 S 4Matic Plus. And remember, now they're using track mode and they had done this race before without it. And so they lowered the Model S Plaid speed by about 10 seconds. How did it do that? I think that track mode has allowed for a higher top speed. But speaking of top speed. Um, in the last half of the track where there's that straightaway, why didn't he hit 200 miles an hour, which would have been 322 kilometers an hour? He only hit 289 kilometers an hour. Haven't we seen the Plaid do over 200? 
Well, no, not without tampering. I believe that the most recent update, which includes the track mode, has allowed the Plaid to go up to around 289 kilometers an hour or about 180 miles an hour. Um, I think at some point they're going to unlock the 200, but that has not happened yet. And that's going to drastically reduce the run again. Yeah, I mean, on that final straightaway, I think it could shave off another five seconds alone. So, yeah. The other question I have is, why do we see it with a wheel and not a yoke? I would assume that it's driver preference, although I watched through the whole thing, and even on the tightest turn, um, the driver isn't going any more than this, and they're not, like, scooting their hands around like they're in a parking lot. Um, I don't know. They could have used a yoke, in my opinion, but I guess they... You know, I think the community has spoken that they like the round wheel or something. Uh, you know what I'm waiting for? What? Roadster 2.0. Yeah. That, I can't imagine what that speed's going to be like. You get coming out of a turn and you're like, let's hit a little uh, afterburner. I mean, if the Roadster could be even a little bit lighter than the Model S, it should be able to take those corners a little bit faster. Um, but would they be able to use the uh, SpaceX package at all with like some cold air thrusters? I think if it's technically if it's technically a production vehicle, it's going to cause a lot of controversy. And honestly, I think that's a good thing. Hey, and if you like the Tesla just broke the record again, hit the like button. All right. It was a busy week for Elon last week as he returned to China for the first time in three years. Elon met with Chinese officials, including the Chinese foreign minister, Xin Gang. Tesla senior VP of automotive Tom Zhu accompanied Elon as they visited Giga Shanghai. Elon gave a warm and heartfelt thank you to the Tesla China team, telling everyone there that Giga Shanghai is producing some of the highest quality cars in the world. And significantly, Elon met with the chairman of Cattle, C-A-T-L, Robin Zhang. Cattle is the largest battery manufacturer in the world with about a third of the world's market share. And Tesla is Cattle's biggest client. I want to know what they were talking about. Uh, because there was that story that came out from Bloomberg saying that Cattle and Tesla might be partnering to build a battery plant in the U.S., I don't think that's true, but I mean, it's possible they were talking about that. Yeah, I don't know if I really trust Bloomberg. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, speaking of Elon's China visit, we should be seeing the new Model 3 Project Highland reveal on Thursday at Giga Shanghai. Where did you hear this? It's been everywhere, like CNBC, Electric, Reuters, Bloomberg. First of all, that was supposed to happen last Thursday while Elon was in China and well it didn't happen but I mean the story originally came from Bloomberg and I mean they're reputable right well you know what Elon says about Bloomberg <laughs> and listen this news report was you know all over the place and this is why we just don't report on rumors because news report yeah I mean rumors are fun but well yeah they're rumors I mean it's it's what we'd all like to happen you know oh I want to see the new model three but it doesn't mean it's gonna happen and just because sources familiar with the matter told Bloomberg something that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true and that tells you that Bloomberg sources <laughs> may not be that Our good little <laughs> While we're talking about China, let's see how things are going with EV sales there. The Chinese EV market had been struggling in Q1, but April seems to have been a strong month for every EV brand sold in China, except Neo and Xpeng, which were down a bit. Overall, though, EVs are selling well. Yeah, BEVs make up 23% of all auto sales in China this year as of April. In April, six of the top 10 selling autos in China, that's including ICE cars, had plugs. In fact, only the Nissan Sylphie was pure gas. In the year-to-date EV charts as of April, BYD dominates the charts with four out of the top five spots. But the Model Y is in the second spot with 121,000 sales behind the BYD Song in the number one spot with 178,000 sold. But it is important to note that the BYD Song sells for a song. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, depending on the variant, the starting price of the BYD song is about $20,000. So, of course, it's going to have a wider base of customers than the Model Y. And Tesla is continuing a steady gain. Yeah, take a look at this chart from Inside EVs. It's good, but it makes it hard for my brain to really see the big picture. So I took the data and I took over an hour to double check my data because um, a lot of that comes from uh, Chinese sources. And I put it into my own chart here. So here's my chart. This is Tesla sales in China since uh, Giga Shanghai started producing in January of 2020. This shows quarterly that other than some bumpiness in Q2 of last year because of the COVID lockdowns, Tesla has been steadily ramping up production of the made in China Model 3s and Model Ys. Yeah, this chart, thank you for making it, by the way, yeah. really shows what we're looking at here. I, I think that it got really confusing when the lockdowns happened and you saw that dramatic lowering. Um, and because it was a month to month thing that everyone reports on, it got really confusing because if you look too granularly month to month, mm. things are like, oh, my God, there was only 5000 cars this month. Yeah, because they had lockdowns. But when you look at it quarter to quarter, it smooths it out a bit, but you still get enough granularity to see kind of the trend. And yeah, they had a little problem with COVID. So did a lot of companies. And then they're kind of back to a, a nice steady ramp. Now, we could probably report on Norway every week because it's such a leader when it comes to EVs. But we don't. We know that it gets boring hearing the same kind of story week after week, but it's been a while. It's been a while. So let's all soak in the EV goodness, shall we? Here's the sales chart for May in Norway. The Model Y has outsold its closest competitor, the VW ID4, by almost four times in May. In fact, the Model Y outsold the next seven car models combined so far this year. And if you're looking at this list and you're like, where are the gas and diesel models? Only 2.1% of Norway's car sales year to date were diesel and only 1.2% were gas only. Now, there were some hybrids, but 88.9% had a plug of some sort. And in May, 80.7% of car sales in Norway were fully electric. I mean, the Model Y made up almost a quarter of all car sales in Norway. <laughs> Again, we get it. Norway is a standout. They have targeted 2025 as the end of gasoline vehicle sales. But it's also proof that EVs can replace fossil fuel powered cars in some of the toughest driving environments in the world. So if you've owned a Tesla for more than a few years, you may have had to change the tires. And it can be hard to keep track of how many times you've gone on a particular set. Well, Tesla's making it a little easier in the latest software update. You go to controls, service, and then you can see how many miles it's been since your last tire service. When you get your tires rotated, replaced, or swapped, you tap reset on the counter, and then it'll reset that counter for you. So this will track your mileage on your tires, which will certainly be helpful for some people. But what about people who need to swap between summer and winter tires like you and I do? How will it keep track of the two different sets? I don't think that it will, but now the car will actually keep track of how many miles you've done between changes or servicing, allowing you to fairly simply add the mileage up instead of having to log it yourself somewhere. Okay, but it seems like it wouldn't take too much programming to have it track different sets of tires. Yeah, but I think that might just be too much uh, to keep in the car. I don't know. No, no, it's not too <laughs> it much. Should... It, I think the problem here is that Tesla is a California-based company and they don't think about changing tires. Unless it's like, oh, dude, I've told, I'm driving on bald tires. I mean, this would be great for people with track mode who want to go to the racetrack, switch out to their racing tires for the weekend and keep track of that, too. I just think it's an easy fix, Tesla. It's true. Um, but this is a step in the right direction. And again, they can just fix it with over-the-air software updates. Let's do it. So you know how I placed an order for the Lordstown Endurance pickup truck? Right. You want to try out every electric pickup truck that you can get your hands on. Well, I think I want to cancel my Endurance order now. 
Uh, why? Because it looks like Lordstown is not doing so great. Uh, what with Foxconn trying to pull out of the deal? Well, I mean, that does give me pause. But the real reason is that Lordstown just released the EPA range estimate. Is it bad? No, you tell me. The Endurance has 109 kilowatt hour battery and an EPA rated range of 280. 280 miles is not bad at all. I mean, the Ford and the Rivian both get about 300. So no, no, no. 280 kilometers or 174 miles. Wow. Okay. What's the MPGE? Uh, that, my friend, is only 47 MPGE. To put that in perspective, our Ford F-150 Lightning, which is not that efficient, has a 68 MPGE and the Rivian has 70. And to remind everyone, by the way, MPGE means mile per gallon equivalent. For our non-imperial audience, 47 MPGE equals 5 liters per 100 kilometers. Uh, the Lightning uses 3.46 liters per 100 kilometers, and the Rivian uses 3.36 liters per 100 kilometers. That's how Europeans generally do it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, not efficient. No, I had no idea it would be this inefficient for an electric vehicle. I mean, I know it's quad motor, and I know that that probably doesn't lead to high efficiency, but... I mean, the Rivian has quad motor. Yeah. Blew. Yeah. <laughs> not as easy as it looks making electric vehicles, huh? Not making them efficient, no. I'm not sure if you remember back in December of 2021, NHTSA opened an investigation into Tesla about passenger play. Right. That was when Tesla allowed certain games to be played by a passenger while the car was driving. There was a lot of media hullabaloo about it. Um, but didn't Tesla just disable it on the next over the air update? They did. And 97% of vehicles updated and lost the feature within a month. Okay, so what happened with NHTSA? Well, NHTSA has finally closed their investigation into the matter without ordering a recall. Because the problem was already solved. Now, I agree with NHTSA on this one. People should not be playing games while driving. Oh, I disagree. I mean, Tesla only allowed turn-based games, and you had to attest on being the passenger uh, to play the game. It would not let you play unless you said, I am the passenger, um, which meant that if you got into an accident, they would be like, well, you said you were the passenger, you lying. Either way, NHTSA got what they wanted rather quickly. And yet NHTSA kept this investigation going way too long. I think that this is just a political weapon. I mean, how many times have we heard uh, NHTSA has X number of uh, investigations open on Tesla? And so that's used by people like Pete Buttigieg and Senator Markey when I feel like Pete Buttigieg and Senator Markey are like, look into Tesla about this thing. I heard from one of my constituents, meaning someone Lobbyist. at Ford or GM <laughs> lobbyist, um, that Tesla's doing something bad. Look into it and then keep the investigation running for an extra year for no reason yeah so could the cybertruck have two subwoofers why would it have two subwoofers well if you look closely in this diagram that tesla shared at investor day you can see what appears to be two subwoofers stashed beneath the rear seats wouldn't that cause all sorts of phasing problems uh no i think it would make some great dubstep listening drop it but I don't understand. I don't see any speakers in the doors or almost anywhere else. Maybe a rear pedestrian noisemaker, but I don't see the rest of the sound system. Well, I mean, those look like subwoofers, don't they? I mean, what else would they be? I don't know. Leave your comments down below. What could they be? I, I mean, they could be. And I mean, it'd be a banging car if it had two giant subwoofers. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So but what about phasing problems? Well, I mean, at low frequencies, you can get into phasing issues. That's why generally, first of all, you don't need two subwoofers low frequencies this thing is making 80 hertz and lower right uh -huh. so that's making these just chest thumping frequencies right. that travel the waves are huge so you're in a car making a wave that's huge you don't need two of them if you have two of them and you have any kind of phase problems they cancel each other out and you get weird 
phasing issues. So it'd be like boom, right? Because like I don't, I don't fully understand. The, the waves cancel each other, right? I mean, if if the okay. car's bouncing around and the speakers go out of phase, I don't know. So generally, would they just, go out of phase? No, I probably not. But like, why do you need to? Is what I'm asking. More power. <laughs> More base. Now I know how tough it is waiting for the Cybertruck to come out, wondering if it will really come out in Q3. Well, I've got what looks like good news in that department. Take a look at the Tesla Careers page for Austin, filtered for manufacturing. Um, I see a lot of jobs, but... Okay, I get it. Maybe hard to see what I'm talking about. So thanks to Sawyer Merritt for filtering it even further with the keyword Cybertruck. Now is it easier to spot? Oh, wow. That's a lot of jobs with Cybertruck in the title. This is a really good sign that things are about to get serious in the Cybertruck world. Cybertruck world. I like the sound of that. Somebody should open a theme park. <laughs> Cybertruck world, where the future goes to play. <laughs> now with 20% more stainless steel. This Saturday at Cybertruck world, it's bring your own steel balls and sledgehammer day. That could be fun. It's like <laughs> a dirt track park. for. Daddy, Cybertruck. daddy, I want to <laughs> smash the Cybertruck. <laughs> Hey, and if you want to talk about this, subwoofers, and when your Cybertruck's coming, head over to our friends at the Cybertruck Owners Club. They are the place for discussions and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. They even have a crowdsourced reservation tracker so you can find your place in line. Thanks for sponsoring us, guys. So a long time ago, we used to have a segment on TTN, remember, where we gave tips on EVs. And I don't know why, but we kind of forgot about it. Well, I'd like to bring it back, but this time with your EV tips. Yeah, I mean, Zach and I drive EVs, but we thought, you know what? Many of you drive all kinds of EVs and you drive them all over the world and all kinds of conditions. So why not share your EV tips and tricks with the community? So share your EV tips about charging, products, apps, tires, road trips, things that you've learned along the way about anything and everything EV. And this will help the whole community. You can film yourself just like a video contributor story or write to us and we'll relay your tip here on the show each week. Share your EV tips and tricks and hacks with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. And if we read yours on the show, you'll be entered to win some fun EV swag. Fun. Thanks, everybody. So on our sister channel, now let's review where we review all types of e-mobility products. We also want to help you keep your scooters and e-bikes up and running. And since they all run on tires, that means the occasional flat is going to happen. So on this week's episode, Ethan and I show you how to repair an e-bike inner tube. Now, I feel like this is a lost art. I mean, when I was a kid, bike tires seemed to pop all the time. And I can remember fixing flats was kind of like a regular thing. But then I don't know if tire materials got better or if I just stopped riding over so much glass. Well, you did move out of the city. So that could have something to do with it. Or maybe you stopped riding bikes because <laughs> that could be you two. moved out of the city. But now with e-bikes... You ride a heck of a lot more miles, so it is more likely to happen. Exactly. I mean, you're right. So uh, anyway, it's a good skill to have at least to brush up on because it's bound to happen to someone sometime when you e-bike a lot. And that's why we link in the video to a cheap repair kit. Yeah, it's like three bucks. Really good to have on hand in a small kit that you can bring with you on all rides along with a small bike pump. So go check it out. Make sure to subscribe at Now Let's Review. So NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration, has issued a recall for the Jaguar I-PACE, citing potential battery fires. How many I-PACEs does this involve? All Jaguar I-PACEs sold in the U.S. since they started making them in June of 2018. So that would be 6,637. But you just said all of the I-PACEs in the U.S. since 2018. Yeah, that's right. 6,637. That's all that Jaguar has sold in the U.S. in five years is a little over 6,000. You've got 17.5% in teeth on the deductible. 
Yeah, I was surprised too. But look at this quarterly sales chart from carfigures.com. Okay, so have there been any battery fires or is this just all precautionary? Well, so far in the US, Jaguar says there have been eight fires. So what's causing these battery fires? Well, the iPACE uses LG battery cells, just like the Chevy Bolt does, but Jaguar engineers don't know yet what caused these fires. Some packs seem to be overheating, which leads to fires. To mitigate the risk, updated battery energy control module software will be installed through a dealer or over-the-air update so that the packs can be continuously monitored. Dealer or over-the-air? Which is it? I don't think Jaguar knows yet. Um, if a problem is detected, the software will provide enhanced driver warnings and restrict the charging to 75%. Then the owners will be directed to bring their cars into a dealer for further inspection. If necessary, owners will have their battery modules or packs replaced for free. And here's the thing. You might be saying, well, it's only been eight reported fires, but do the math. Eight out of 6,637, that's 0.12%. Mate! Is one. Is one. I put the one down there. Well, that seems tiny. <laughs> yes, it does seem tiny, but 0.12% of the more than 4 million Teslas produced would be about 4,800 vehicles. So imagine if 4,800 Teslas had caught on fire. Right. But how many Teslas have caught on fire? Globally, since 2013, there have only been about 50 Tesla car fires reported, and that includes accidents. But what about TeslaFire.com? They show that there have been 195 cases. Right. So many of those cases involve fires that spread to the cars, like this one in New York. And most of the cases are fires caused by accidents or arson. And it's important to note that TeslaFire.com actually thanks Tesla Q for their data. And it's important to remember overall, according to worldwide data, data collected by the NTSB and the Bureau of Transportation Statistics, including 2023, so updated data, EV fires are 4,000 times less frequent than gas-powered vehicle fires. Yeah, 52 EV fires versus over 215,000 gas-powered vehicle fires. Yeah, so keep that all in mind. EVs are far less prone to fires. Why? Because there's not a combustion gas inside that's blowing up every single second you're driving. So VW has unveiled a seven-seat, three-row variant of the ID Buzz, which they say will be coming to the US and Canada late next year. So this has a longer wheelbase than the EU version? Yes, it's 10 inches longer and has more horsepower too. So 282 horsepower versus just 201 horsepower for the EU version. And an all-wheel drive version will be available in North America that has 330 horsepower. Also, I see it'll have a larger battery pack at 91 kilowatt hours. That's bigger than the 82 kilowatt hours in the EU version. Uh, but no real range estimates are provided yet, except that it will be around 200 to 300 miles. Yeah, the EU version has a 263 mile stated range on the WLTP cycle. So probably like 230. Mm -hmm. um, you'll also be able to choose a six seat version here in the US that offers a captain's chair. Ooh. And some new color options. In addition to the energetic orange, pomelo yellow, mahi green, there will also be new options like cabana blue, metro silver, and indium gray. The two-row EU variant has 170 kilowatts of charging, but VW says the U.S. version will have closer to 200 kilowatts of charging speeds because the batteries are bigger. The three-row version will have a 99-mile-an-hour top speed instead of the 90-mile-an-hour for the EU versions. And an openable rear window will come on the three-row version as well. Um, and just, it's funny, I saw this, the, the original microbus, mm -hmm. 
this is going to be two feet longer than that. And if you want to know more about this, I would head over to out of spec reviews. We'll put the link down below. Kyle does a great review of the vehicle. He got inside and out, checked out all the software. Uh, he, as you know, he gets like firsthand info on all these vehicles. Now, you might think that like I would be all negative on this because it's VW, but I think that this is the first electric minivan available in the U.S., yeah. I mean, I know it's technically a micro bus, but it's a minivan. Let's be honest. Yeah. And it doesn't have that same stigma, I think, as a lot of the, like soccer mom minivans. This is like a cool kid minivan. So I feel like this is going to do really well. I think that it uh, it hits a lot of the stats that I'd want to see in terms of range and charging speeds. Um, if only it had knacks, it would be, I mm. think, a home run hitter. Yeah. OK, I couldn't pass up this next story because I have a feeling you're going to. Well, I'll just say. I'll just I'll just tell you about it and we'll see what happens. Okay? okay. So Genesis revealed last week that their GV60 electric SUV is now available with some new biometric technology, which allows owners to access their cars with their face. Hyundai, Genesis's parent company, says that this facial recognition technology called Face Connect is the first time that facial recognition technology has been used in a production car. So how does this work? Your face will get you access to your car? Yes. According to Genesis, Face Connect uses facial recognition to allow entry and load the driver's profile. Face Connect uses a near-infrared camera in the door pillar up to one meter away and an advanced deep learning processing controller to recognize the driver's face. When the driver approaches the vehicle, the camera captures their face and the controller compares it to the faces stored in the system. If the driver is recognized, the vehicle unlocks and the driver's profile is loaded. So the driver's profile includes the settings for the driver's seat, steering wheel, and the heads-up display. So without your fob or even your smartphone, you'll be greeted with welcome lights, and you can get in and start your GV60 with just your face. Pretty cool, huh? Because you're probably not going to forget your face, but you could forget your fob. Are you done? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, that's what Genesis is working on, huh? Facial recognition. Because a smartphone key isn't good enough, huh? How about in the winter when it's snowing out and I'm wearing a scarf? I mean, is my Genesis GV60 going to recognize my face then? Well, I think it could. Or how about if it's been a few days and my face isn't clean shaven? How is that going to work? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, okay, well, maybe the AI will figure that out. I mean, it's got to have AI. Okay, and uh, what, if, what if somebody brings a picture of my face and holds it up to the car? Oh, I didn't think about that. And and maybe, okay, maybe it has a three, you know, two cameras to do the three. Who you just 3D print a, a, a scan of my face? Hmm, I didn't think about that. I mean, does it have to be, is that why it's an, an infrared camera? Is it really going to pick up on the heat signature? Do I have to dunk the 3D print in no, I mean, water? You, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere in terms of security, but like, I don't know. Hmm. So you're not a fan, huh? Uh, well, I mean, let us know what you think in the chat below. Would you like your car to recognize you and greet you with some welcome lights? Or do you think this is just going to be a, you know, a gimmick? I just don't. I mean, the one time, I guess, where I lose my wallet and I lose my phone and I walk up to my car butt naked and I'm like, oh, please let me in. I guess that that would be great. But like, I feel like my nose would also be broken in that situation, <laughs> you know? So I'd be like, oh, if I could just twang my nose, oh, it's me, let me in. So I think I found my next electric vehicle. Oh, cool, what did you find? 
a Porsche. Porsche. An electric Porsche? Really? I mean, did you just win the lottery or something? I mean, you must be talking, what, ninety, ninety-five thousand dollars for the Taycan? Uh, no, no, it's not the Taycan. But you just said an electric Porsche. Yes, I did. But I found one for $14,000. So what, like a really used Porsche Mac McCann or the 718 Cayman? Like like really used? Like it's been totaled? <laughs> no, no, it's it's brand new. You found a brand new electric Porsche for $14,000? No way. That's not possible. It must yeah, have been I'll, stolen or a scam or something. Let me see what you're talking about because I don't want to get scammed. D this is a bike. It's an e-bike. But you said you were buying a Porsche. It's the new Porsche e-bike cross performance, and it starts at $14,250. I'm being pragmatic because it's the more affordable of the two models. I could have gone for the Porsche e-bike cross performance EXC for $15,350, but I thought, you know what? I shouldn't splurge. I should stick to a budget. I'm sorry. I lost you at $15,350. But just to humor me, what would you get for the extra $1,100 if you bought the EXC? Oh, you'd get the additional color choices. Take a look at that. Star Ruby Neo, Ice Gray Metallic, Mamba Green Metallic, Carmine Red, Shade Green Metallic, and Shark Blue, which the company describes as vivid, partly historic variants that enjoy cult status among Porsche fans. But you know, I thought, am I really a Porsche fan? I mean, not really. So I'll just stick to the less flashy colors. Maybe someday I'll aspire to Star Ruby Neo, but I'm not even prepared for that yet. Probably... Probably not prepared for You're that You're insane. Yet. You know that, right? An e-bike. An e-bike for $14,000. I mean, come on, Jesse. This has auto shift function that shifts the drivetrain independently and a free shift function that allows for shifting without crank movement. I mean, wow, right? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you could buy 10 e-bikes for, for this e-bike. But it's a Porsche. All right, so maybe I've become a little jaded over the years of doing this show, but is this a, as terrible an idea as I think it is? What is it? The company is called PowerX, and the idea is that you take some place that has a lot of renewable energy capacity, and you use that to charge up a massive battery ship. And then you sail it across the sea to power up an island. Huh? So you, you just sail it up and plug it in? I guess the idea is that you'd sail up to a decommissioned coal or gas-powered plant and you'd hook it up to the grid that way. So instead of coal getting delivered by ship to be burned in the power plant, you drive up a big battery boat which slowly unloads gigawatt hours of clean energy. I guess that's the idea. But wouldn't you need more than one boat? Yes, or you'd need a lot of batteries on shore to absorb and then distribute the energy. So hypothetically, my island needs an average one megawatt of power. So you sail up in your electric boat with... The, the first one that PowerX is making will hold 240 megawatt hours. Okay, so that would last me about 10 days. And so then we'd need another ship to come in at that point. So that's another 240 megawatt hours of batteries needed to keep this plan working. Plus whatever else I'd need onshore while the boats were unplugging and plugging back in. Yeah. Now I feel like an undersea cable or just building some infrastructure on the island would be a better solution. Yeah. Right. Like put the solar and batteries on the island. Because, Why do you need to move? Like I understand in an emergency, this right. might be a good idea. And, and I understand that like maybe a one megawatt island is too small. Like maybe you'd have daily deliveries uh, so you could get up to, I don't know, uh, 
24 megawatts. I mean, this sounds like one of those things you would talk about at lunch and draw out on a napkin. And then by the end of lunch, you'd be like, yeah, that I mean, it's a fun idea, but it's not worth because it. Because I just want to point out, depending on how many ships you'd need would depend on the size of the battery and how much you're drawing. Um, but you can easily get into multiple battery ships that you'd need, right. which means you need way more battery power than a simple onshore right. solar I mean, wind. You're already paying for the battery, so just put them on the island, and then you just need some solar panels or right. wind. Or again, an undersea cable, which we've been doing since like the 1800s. Right. Otherwise, you need to build a ship, which is expensive, right. and power and then, the ship, and, power the and, ship and, and, and a crew. And then, you know... I, I uh, are, are we missing something? I mean, comment below. Maybe yeah. we are. I mean, maybe it's like a stopgap solution, but yeah, like why? Then, then you have this giant ship full of batteries. I mean, I get you can take the batteries out, but I don't get it. All right, it's time for the lightning round. So deliveries of the long-awaited Faraday Future FF91EV, which was originally supposed to come out in 2018, started last week with a price of $309,000. But I mean, look at all the features you get for that price. I mean, you get electric driving and cybersecurity and high voltage. Wow, you get high voltage? Then sign me up. But seriously, they did seem to keep most of their original specs, which were amazing at the time and still sound pretty good today. Uh, 1,050 horsepower, 381 miles of range, and 200 kilowatts of charging speed. Not to mention a 27-inch 2K rear display. It certainly seems like a silicon-based new species in category. Yes. Um, so if you got an extra $309,000 lying around and you get one, please send us some video of it. I would love to see it. Or if you have a very gullible friend. Um, Better yet. Love to see some video of that. Troubled three-wheel EV maker Arkimoto announced their latest model, the MUV, or Modular Utility Vehicle, starting at $23,500. That price will get you this single-seater with a flat bed. For $300 more, you get this utility package. And for $1,500 more, you get the cargo package, which is basically this box on the back. Now, they already have the Deliverator, but this is not as sleek, but it pretty much is the same price when you add the cargo package. Uh, comment below what you guys think about it. So it seems the CEOs of both Ford and GM have been drinking from the same cup. Both Mary Barra, CEO of GM, and Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, they both say that EVs won't be profitable until the end of this decade. At a conference last week, Mary Barra said that EV battery costs are too high to build a profitable mass market EV in the $30,000 or $40,000 range. And she thinks that EVs will reach cost parity with ICE cars, quote, sometime in the latter part of this decade, maybe a little longer. Interesting. Jim Farley says just about the same thing, that EVs will remain more costly than their ICE counterparts until the second and third generation models go into production after 2030. Now, if you want to hear my prediction, I'll tell you on Patreon bonus stories this week. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. You know, Father's Day is coming up. Mm -hmm. and uh, Fathers need to shave. Fathers, some of them do. Some of them do. <laughs> um, and the Henson razor is just a really good gift because it it is my favorite razor. I really actually do seriously like it. Um, that's why we've been promoting it for this many weeks in a row. Um, I, I really honestly like my Henson shaver. I think that you're, you or your father or a, Or a anyone. late Mother's Day present because moms <laughs> use shavers too. They do. Use our code now. You know, you get 100 blades for free. I'm still on my box of 100 blades. Wow. Um, and you've and been I've using been, it a lot. Uh, yeah. Every week or more for over two years now. Yeah. It's a really good gift. I really suggest you get one. Uh, they're really nice. Into the so, Ehra. 
error, a error, 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 error is an Italian electric hypercar startup that has apparently stolen away some top talent from Ferrari and Lamborghini, and they've just released new teaser images of their upcoming electric sedan. So what else has this company made? Well, they released these full pictures of their upcoming SUV last year. You keep saying upcoming, but when? Uh, Era will start producing the SUV first, followed by the sedan in 2025, um, six months after. However, they'll only start deliveries in 2026, but they plan on selling 25,000 of each model per year. Okay, I'll believe that when I see it. So do we have any stats? 500 miles of range, 120 kilowatt hour battery, uh, three motors with almost 800 horsepower. That doesn't even sound that fast. I mean, they know they're competing with the Roadster and the Rimac, right? Well, we'll see how it goes. I hope that they sell some posters at least. Can we just talk about the SUV there? Because, uh -huh. I mean, it's cool, but I don't know if it's like hypercar expensive cool. Well, like, I think you're paying mostly for the doors. It's got those. It's got front and rear like butterfly doors. Who wants butterfly doors? People who want hypercars. Come on. Keep, keep up, Zach. Okay, comment below if you're in that market, or even if you're not, like, would you, I don't know, uh, whatever. All right, it's time for Going Green. All I gotta say is that it's a good thing that Tesla built their mega pack factory in Lathrop, California, because their mega packs are selling like hotcakes. Case in point, the $500 million Scatterwash battery storage project will be built near the Deer Valley Airport in Phoenix, Arizona by Strata Clean Energy. This 255 megawatt, one gigawatt hour battery project will be one of the largest battery projects in the world when it's completed, and Tesla will be supplying the mega packs. The project will be completed next year and can power at least 350,000 homes for one hour. Wait, wait, I think I hear someone saying, one hour? What good is that? Well, the way these battery systems work is that they help smooth out the grid. When there are peaks in demand, like when everyone gets home at 5.30 and turns on the lights and the AC, instead of fossil fuel peaker plants having to slowly spin up, which is very expensive, these batteries can instantly meet the need. And as more and more of these batteries go online, our electrical grid can handle more and more renewables. It's a win-win for your wallet and our air quality. All right, it's time for sunspots. How would you like your next yacht to be completely solar powered? That sounds yummy, darling. Well, then you'll want to check out the just unveiled 33 meter Sunreef Explorer Eco that Sunreef says, quote, rewrites the rules with bold architecture and a fresh approach to travel. Where do I sign? Let's get into the features. This is a fully autonomous 108 foot 33 meter luxury yacht powered by two 400 kilowatt electric motors and a 990 kilowatt hour battery pack so you can get to the most remote cruising grounds in silence. Silent but lovely. 50 kilowatts of solar all over the aluminum hull, superstructure, a bimini roof and full beam bow terrace. Scrumptious. It has its own pool, indoor theater, 535 square meters, that's 5,750 square feet of living space that can be customized to include a spa, library, or gym. Space for 10 guest rooms and seven crew members. The large main suite has an outdoor deck and the level below features an outdoor pool, bar, and dining area. And I'm not sure what the price is. If you have to ask, you can't afford it, darling. If you can't afford it, it's lovely. Send us a video, or better yet, invite <laughs> us out on your yacht. And if you'd like to get solar on your 
yacht or house uh, your, your non-floating yacht or talk, house talk to our friends at energy pal they know how to get you solar for less also batteries and tell them zach and jesse sent you the link is down below all right it's time for our video contributor stories we need your stories remember to send them in to us at hello at now you know channel.com keep them two minutes or less shoot them in landscape good audio no music what do we got this week our friend brody caught up with harry aka the electric cowboy on an electric cross-country trip so harry we're in hot springs You've been biking across the USA on a e-bike. Do you want to quickly tell us about it? Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks for uh, having me here in this amazing city in Hot Springs. It's uh, incredible to be here in this amazing light. Um, so my name is Harry Fryer, uh, AKA Electric Cowboy. Uh, I run uh, Electric Cowboy Media out of London, and I'm here doing this pretty crazy trip, riding an e-bike all the way across America from New York to LA. Cottage is called the Outlaw Tour. And I'm riding the project as the electric cowboy, cowboy on an e-bike and riding across this journey. So in a style, I don't have my hat with me right now, but uh, I have that in spirit. Uh, the journey is going to take roughly three months to do and over 4,000 miles. So I've, so far I've ridden probably around 1,600 miles all the way from New York, came from New York, Philadelphia, uh, multiple Washington, to Maryland, into Virginia, West Virginia, over the Appalachian Mountains and Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, down into Kentucky, and then Kentucky went through Louisville, well, Lexington, Louisville, down to Nashville, Tennessee, and then Tennessee came across to Memphis, where I got caught in some pretty bad storms, and then Memphis, uh, and all the way down into Little Rock and now Hot Springs. So, Harry, what sort of a bike are you riding? So, I'm riding a Super 73. So, if you, those who don't, those of you who don't know what an e bike is, an e bike is uh, basically a bicycle with a motor in the back. Now, a Super 73. Uh, they've kind of taken that a little further and it looks a little bit more like a motorcycle. So you've got big fat tires in the front and back with a big hub motor in the back. So what it is, it still has pedals and it's got a throttle, but when you pedal, it activates the motor and it kind of propels you along. So rather than a normal bicycle where you have to, you know, you're pedaling normally to activate the chain, you only need to pedal a little bit and it activates the motor and you can get some serious distance. So I've got roughly about a hundred miles uh, kind of ready on the bike right three batteries like yeah that's great that's cool yeah i don't have the guts to do it but i mean that sounds fun it does sound fun um yeah so 100 miles on three batteries yeah it's not bad all right it's time for our patreon bonus stories we've got so many things to talk about this week we've got disruptive investing so head on over there if you're an investor club member head over to our investor club bonus stories that we do every week so much good stuff all available for you on patreon we'll see you there All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the Patreon shout-outs. These people get their names listed at the end of the show to show how important they truly are to us. Who do we got, Jess? Joe Sapokes. Roy Dreisens. Kirk Koikendall. Michael Van Hoot. And Jasper Vos. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. All right, so we had a poll this week. What did we ask? I wanted to know about the subwoofers. So in the Cybertruck? In the Cybertruck. Here's what they said. And they're usually right. Well, who knows who on knows? this one, honestly. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. And Elon says, what will AI be like in 2040? Honey, tell me what's wrong. 2006 is as far away as 2040. <laughs> Chris Hadfield, the astronaut, said by 2030, the Chinese people will definitely be able to set foot on the moon. That's not a problem, Wu, chief designer of the Lunar Exploration Program, said. Elon said the China space program is far more advanced than most people realize. Hmm. Joey's cleaning lady said, so basically World of Warcraft ruined many men's lives for years. Elon says, true. Tesla East Bay Fremont says, any updates on the boring company Fallout Party? 
Elon says later this year definitely needs to happen. And wokeness says wokeness is a mental illness disguised as virtue and compassion. Elon said yes. Starlink said the space laser mesh is what enabled Starlink coverage for critical infrastructure schools and communities across the 169 island nation of Tonga in the South Pacific Ocean after it was hit by a tsunami last year. Elon wanted to say 38 astronauts to orbit so far. And SpaceX said three years ago this week, we launched our first human spaceflight mission to orbit. Then he congratulated Giga Shanghai and Tesla China SDS teams for their excellent work overcoming many obstacles over many years. And he said Little X just asked if there are police cats since there are police dogs? It's a good question. I actually don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> Doge designer said, every civilization has a lifespan just like an individual creature. And that's a quote from Elon. Elon says, important to remember that we should not take civilization for granted. The rabbit hole says, asking questions is not hate speech. Abusing the term hate speech is why fewer people take it seriously. Elon said, exactly. It is damaging to society to dilute what hate speech means. The Babylon Bee said, Elon Musk weeds out remaining woke Twitter employees with avocado toast trap. And Elon laughed about that. He says, I actually like avocado toast, to be honest. And that's why you don't have a house, Elon. <laughs> you spend it all on avocado toast. Yeah. Robert Scoble says the iPhone will still be relevant for four years. Apple has every year planned out until the iPhone goes away. Elon said Neuralink. Hmm. The rabbit hole says some ideas are so stupid that only intellectuals believe them. That's a quote from George Orwell. And Elon agreed. Doge Designer says, watching videos in pick-and-pick pick mode while scrolling through the feed is super cool. Elon said, yeah, it's great. Yeah, so that's a new feature on Twitter. Nice. Tesla owner of Silicon Valley says, 194 billion hamsters can fit into Gigafactory Austin. Elon said, volume should be measured in units of hamster. Anything but metric, right? Robert Kennedy says, interesting. When we use our Team Kennedy email address to set up Instagram accounts, we get an automatic 180-day ban. Can anyone guess why that's happening? Elon said, would you like to do a spaces discussion with me next week? Zero Hedge says, AI-controlled drone goes rogue, kills human operator in simulated U.S. Air Force test. Elon said, if only someone had warned us. Twitter News Daily says, news, Ben and Jerry's cuts ties with Twitter and states it won't return until it gives up its pursuit for allowing free speech on the platform. Elon says, what are they talking about? Elon retweeted Starlink's tweet. Starlink set an altitude and speed record for use in flight during Starship's first flight test, providing connectivity at 123,600 feet while traveling at Mach 1.7. And Starlink said, Starlink on a Gluic Island in the Northern Territory of Nunavut, Canada. Isn't that cool? They're all the way up there. Elon said system is being upgraded and stress tested in advance of Robert Kennedy Jr.'s interview on Monday. Would you like to do a spaces discussion with me next week? And Robert Kennedy said, yes. How about Monday at 2 p.m.? Oppenheimer, the movie, said, get tickets now to see Oppenheimer. And Elon said, looking forward to seeing this. Hmm. Brian G. says Elon presenting his vision for SpaceX and a fully reusable orbital launch vehicle at Hollywood House Party in 2008, back when he needed a name tag. The reason I started SpaceX was because the, the, the constant reliability of getting to, getting to orbit and, and beyond has not really improved since the 60s. In fact, it's gotten worse. Elon said infinity ago. He sounded like a crazy person. I'll just say, like, if you were at that house party, you're probably like, OK, Elon. <laughs> Professor Feynman says, if you cannot explain something in simple terms, you don't understand it. And Elon definitely agreed with that one. Elon tweeted out, I've paid taxes for things you people wouldn't believe. Penny2x says, Elon Musk plays Game of Thrones in real life. Elon says, I prefer peace, but if they want war, they will get it. Uh oh, Ooh. that's not good. Doge Designer says, the laugh emoji is the most used by Elon Musk. 
Elon said, this platform honestly gives me more laughs per day than everything else combined. Farzad says, Twitter's secret weapon is the normalization of discourse around taboo subjects. People have been craving for this for a long time. If Twitter can build on this, it'll be the largest media company in the world and it won't be close. Elon said bullseye. Jason Calacana says, what is the obsession with gender in the U.S. primarily a signal of? And most people said political co-opting. And Elon said, late stage civilization complacency. Doge designer says, memories from 1999. Elon says, time to complete the circle. Oh, told you. Not Jerome Powell's is breaking. Elon Musk was reportedly working on some anti-aging formula, but it got way out of hand. Elon says, guys, I think I maybe took too much. That's an AI generated image. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's not real. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. Remember, send your stories, your photos, your videos into us at hello at now, you know, channel.com. So Tori spotted this Arkimoto FUV in, in Atascadero, California. Robert spotted this metallic wrapped Model 3. Seth sent us this wrapped Model S he spotted. Neil came across this Lucid Air parked at the Walmart parking lot in Lafayette, Colorado. Jeff saw this Tesla semi-truck making deliveries in Ceres, California. Walter found this golden wrapped Model S in Diamond Bar, California. Steven spotted this Cadillac Lyric in Oregon. Hans spotted these wrapped Teslas around Vancouver, Canada. Robert sent us this picture of Starlink modules on the NCL ship Breakaway near Mykonos, Greece. David spotted this Rivian R1T with a one-of-a-kind custom truck bed cover in Mountain View, California. I wonder if they're copying anything. Hmm. It looks kind of Cybertruck-ish. Joshua spotted this interesting sign in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Free oil changes for Teslas. Nice. Hilarious. Little do they know, <laughs> you can change the oil on a Tesla gearbox. Yeah, so, <laughs> so bring it there and... Uh... <laughs> Otherwise, you sue them. <laughs> and Philip saw this Neo ET5 parked in Berlin, Germany. All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. Let's see what's out there in the world. But first, let's take a look at beautiful superchargers because Tesla tweeted out this week, 2,000 sites now live in North America delivering up to 500 million miles per month. And just look at that supercharger uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard. That's awesome. All right, let's see what we got in the world. Hey, hello, Zach and Jesse. My name is Khalil. I've been a patron of yours for, since July 2022. I've been watching your show for about three or four years now. Big fan. I'm here at the Danvers, Massachusetts, new location, 12 stalls, rated at 250 kilowatts. Um, one other car here at the moment. It is after 10 p.m. Finally got my own Model 3 Long Range back in February. I'm very excited about it. I love the car. I love your guys' show. Uh, as far as location, it is great. Right along Route 1, parallel to I-95, uh, as you're leaving Boston or coming into Boston, it is I love it because I live about an hour away, and not having a, lo a location along my route uh, to or from work has been a little frustrating. Um, there's a Home Goods, Stop and Shop, there's a Texas Roadhouse way down there, uh, probably the only thing open now since it is after 10 p.m., so it, unless you come in the daytime, no real amenities to speak of within walking distance. And for that, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Um, the only reason it's above a 5 is because of location. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Dave. I'm stopping at the Gila Bend Supercharger Station. It's uh, right across the parking lot from Love's, Taco Bell, and also uh, Carl's Jr. here. There's uh, 16 total charges at this location. The ones right here on this side are new. They're 175 kilowatt. And uh, the ones on the other side of the parking lot are 110 kilowatt. Which is still plenty speedy. But uh, yeah, we're just off Highway 8. And uh, that's Interstate 8, which connects here at uh, uh, with uh, State Route 85 that goes north to Phoenix. 
So anyway, uh, given the some amenities around here and a good charging rate, I'd give this a stop a uh, supercharger station a 8 out of 10. So thank you, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Hi, this is Nathaniel from the UK. Um, it's a 16 store in Wokingham. Um, as you can see, plenty of charging spaces. However, not an awful lot else around here. Um, there is a hotel down the end though, within walking distance that uh, there is a pub behind where you can get toilets, refreshments and food. And that's it. Now you know. Hi, I'm Greta and I'm Lynn and we're at the new 12 stall supercharger in Benendorf, Iowa. It's located just off I-80 in the parking lot of a sports complex. There's a gas station, a subway and a donut shop and some sit-down restaurants all within a short walk of the complex. And we'll see everyone lots of options around to visit. So I give it a 9 out of 10. But if you're using the Justin scale, the lights left, the chargers, and there's no pulling chargers. So I give it a 7 out of 10. And now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Uh, if you want to upload your own, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. You can also browse the whole map. We have a world map of yeah. all the superchargers on there. You can also upload your own. You can also do... Uh, destination chargers yeah so uh lots to do you can go check it out but there are new superchargers in the world this week we're going to tell you about all of them here we go number 76 in taiwan is the six stall in chai taiwan six stall in huizhou in china the three stall in foshan china number 145 in france is the six stall in rodez france Number 21 in Tennessee is the 12 stall in Chattanooga at Manufacturers Road, Tennessee. Number 22 in Finland is the 8 stall in Kajani, Finland. The 8 stall in Berchtesgaden, Germany. The 6 stall in Beijing, China. The 6 stall in Shanghai, China. The 3 stall in Wuhan, China. Number 30 in Austria is the 6 stall in, in Village Ost, Austria. The 6 stall in Busan, South Korea. Number 71 in Japan is the 8 stall in Saitama, Yono, Japan. The 9 stall in Hwasong, South Korea. The two-stall 150 kilowatt in Ababepengu in China. The six-stall in Quanzhou, China. The three-stall in Zhangzhou, China. Number 170 in Germany is the 11-stall in Bielefeld, Germany. Number 358 in California is the 12-stall at Walnut Creek, California. Number 22 in Missouri is the eight-stall in Fenton. Number 117 in the UK is the 12-stall in Blythe, UK. Number four in Thailand is the 10-stall in Bangkok. Number 138 in South Korea is the 8-stall in Wanju, South Korea. Uh, the 3-stall in Wuxi, China. And number 1,709 in China, 5,129 in the world, is the 6-stall in Shanghai, China. Woo! Woo! Made awesome. it to the end of the show. It's time to get on the plane to head to Amsterdam. And just remember... We need you for next week. Yeah, this is your week on. Our week where we have to do some work in Amsterdam. You guys have to do some work this week. You got to send us your stories. And I know you're probably like, what? what? Hang on. What? Um, it's not that hard. You got a feed, right? You got some stories that you're interested in that you read about on your favorite you know, uh, news feed. Uh, find something to interest you. Maybe you think... 
that Zach and I are wrong about something. Yeah. This is tell your us. chance to tell you why you think that we're wrong. Yeah, report on something that we don't normally talk about. Exactly. You know? Or something in your neck of the woods. Maybe they're putting in a solar farm or something. Because honestly, I'm really excited to see what you guys come up exactly. with. I think that uh, it could completely change the direction of the show if yeah. you guys start talking about something that I haven't heard about. Um, we might just start covering it normally. And we might find some great reporters out there that we can call on more frequently. Exactly. So I'm so excited to see you guys next week. Yeah. Quite literally. Um, you will still see us, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go check out Amsterdam, see what a world of e-bikes and bikes and small electric vehicles is like. I mean, I really hope we have good weather on Friday because there's going to be that rave ride where we get to ride through the city on e-bikes and e-mobility. I think we're going to be in some Eli Zeros. Yes. Um, and so we're going to be just having a grand old time, hopefully bopping along to some music and uh yeah if you're there we hope to see you there and we're going to be checking out a lot of cool stuff hopefully we'll be filming a lot one of our editors is probably going to meet us there and help us so it's going to be a great time for us we're really looking forward to seeing you next week on the show it's going to be kind of a i don't know just a different show that we've ever done before and thank you so much to our amazing patreon patrons for scrolling by here we can't do this show without them and we can't do next week's show without them either um thank you to our amazing editors we'll see you next week now Now you know. know For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.